Welcome to the Strange Currencies podcast. I am Matt alongside Glenn and Tim after party Nelson. That's right. That's him. Let's not say anything and then people will think he's just by himself. (laughs) Just leave him in the lurch there. He's pretending to have friends. After party, Tim. Uh, apparently, yeah. All right. The story's not any good, so it's not. We but we, it let's just leave it with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Tim, after, the after party. Tim, Tim, after party. Uh, yeah. This, this is the after party. This, for me. this is mm-hmm. yeah. party all day, and now it's noon, and it's time for bed, <laughs> and it's time for a Lagunitas. Right. <laughs> Kicking a basic here today. Hey, yeah, it's not bad. I like it. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing all right. How are you? Hanging in there. I, you know. Uh, baseball season started, so uh, you know we got T-ball. Oh, oh! I thought you said started. I was no, like, no. Huh? When the, the day that this drops, so this coming Friday, okay, is opening day for me. I know technically there are games on Thursday, but so I'm going to have to decide uh, between watching opening day baseball or listening to the Strange Currencies podcast. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't listen to our podcast, actually. (laughs) Same. same, same. We've already established that our parents don't listen Mm -hmm. to it, so why the hell should we? I still don't think my dad has listened to a single episode. Um, My mom says she has, but uh, I don't think it's... I don't know if it's true. My my dad, like, conveniently dances around Mm -hmm. any musical-related topic. He doesn't even broach it. Yeah. Um, But that's all right. Yeah. Tim, how are you? Eh. Sleepy. Yeah? Yeah. All right, though. All right. What did we talk about last time? I don't remember. Eric Clapton. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It's been a while. Like, we, we haven't... Uh, re- yeah, so this morning I was listening to... Uh, I was actually listening to a playlist that I put together that I wrote an article about, which for some reason people still haven't really read that uh, George's Green World article. Hmm. Um, I, basically what I had done is I would sort of chopped up his Wonderwall music album and then augmented it with a few... Beatles songs that I repurposed from that same kind of 67, 68 era. Mm-hmm. It's like a really, really good playlist. Like, I think it's fantastic. But there, there's this song right in the... <laughs> if I don't say so myself. No, I mean, it, it yeah, is. Yeah, no, no, totally. no, like, all right. I mean, you know, we've, we've got some articles that have gotten good hits, but that one, for whatever reason, like, has ne- like hardly, Nobody's like, five people have read that article. Huh. And, and it's it. one of the ones that I really, really would like for people to read, because mm-hmm. I think it does a really good job of rehabilitating this album that has just sort of been cast aside uh, of, Harrison. of Harrison. Yeah, and, and it also really repurposes some excellent Beatles songs that kind of get lost in the mix, too. Like, It's All Too Much is an amazing song and I didn't even really realize that until somewhat recently when you said the name of that title the song It's All Been Done by the Bare Naked Ladies popped into oh, my head that's an amazing song yeah. too I actually put that on Ooh. the George's Green World uh, yeah I mean I, I figured hey, it, fits. it fits if you're gonna add a song if you're gonna you know revise history you gotta throw some B&L in there right <laughs> Um, anyway, but halfway through that playlist, there's this song where there's this like super fuzzy electric guitar and it's like, I'm like, yeah, all right. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> I know who this is. Yeah. I did a little bit of fact checking actually based on our last episode that, um, I had made this, this claim in there that Eric Clapton was, uh, an abuser. I was like, all right, well. If I'm gonna mm. if I'm gonna say something like that, I better be it's, damn it's well sure, right? And so I looked slanderous. back, and, and yes, he, okay. he was. So <laughs> Phew, again, thank yeah, God. yeah. I didn't want to I didn't want to have to issue a correction there. It was just I fact checked myself, and and as usual, I am, you know, correct. <laughs> so 
So um, there's, our, there's our revisions on... Yeah, the, the, there were no other controversies. No or Yeah, I mean, again, flawless. Uh, flawless. Okay. Yeah. Um, I do have a story, though, that I want to share. Okay. It, this has been bugging me for six days now. Really, really bugging me. Um, I lied to one of my, like... Children? Heroes. Oh. Like, to his face... I lied. And oh! let, let, me, let me tell the story. Hold on. Let, let, me, let me tell. So last Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, I'm out with a friend of the podcast, Bert. Uh-huh. Um, oh, yeah. And so we're, uh, we went to Mississippi Records, and then we went and got a beer, and uh, yeah, we're hanging out. And I hadn't found a lot at Mississippi, which is rare for me. Like, uh, I bought a couple of things, but I was like, I still got, you know, I got some momentum. I want to spend some more money on records. Uh, and specifically, I had been... Uh, I wanted to find some Kinks albums because we're we're in catalog crawl month now. Okay, uh, strange yeah. currencies. Uh, yeah. and uh, I'm thinking about maybe doing a catalog crawl on the on the Kinks and doing an article there. So I was like, all right, I want to get some of those like '70s Kinks albums on vinyl, and they're not most of them aren't aren't great, but like I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Cheap, you can find it. Yeah. So where are you going to go to find that stuff? Crossroads. Crossroads. Like, right. This is it's a great. Did shop you get dirty? For, for Did you get kind of like thing. down in the crates on the bottom floor? No. No. Okay. So anyway, um, <laughs> that's I, where you really get the the seventies, the old crappy seventies yeah. kink stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I I told Bert, all right, I'm gonna uh, let's go. I'm gonna go to Crossroads. If you want to join me over there, then you are are you know, should, should hang out. He's like, yeah, okay, cool for some stuff. So I'm driving over there. And I had remembered something that Eric, the proprietor of Crossroads mm-hmm. Music, had told me at one point, and also realized that that, that Saturday, uh, which was the last day of spring break, by the way, mm-hmm. um, Guided by Voices, uh-huh. one of my absolute favorite bands of all time, uh, were, were playing in Portland. And for, for months, I had just been like, I'll buy a ticket when it gets close and, and all that. And on that day, I was just feeling particularly tired. Not gonna lie, mm-hmm. it was the last day of spring last break. Spring I gotta break. you know wake up Work early the for the day. first time in nine days mm-hmm. on on the Monday, and I hadn't really been thinking that I had was was gonna go to the show. Mm-hmm. But I had remembered that that Eric, the proprietor of, of Crossroads, had told me that Robert Pollard sometimes will go into Crossroads Music when Guided by Voices is in town, and that that thought like, just for whatever popped back into my head. And I was like, <gasps> Well, that'd be Let's cool if, if, if I go into uh, go into Crossroads and you know, there's Bob. Bob Postal Blowfish Pollard is like <laughs> mm-hmm. there, you know, and so I pull up to Crossroads and, and there's a white like Econo Line style van yep. out yep. out front. I didn't notice like if, if there were Ohio plates, but anyway, totally like it. all right, there's a big white van out front parked there. There's an interesting sign. Mm-hmm. I walk in, and I fucking kid you not, standing at the register, checking out with a big stack of like punk 45s. The bare naked ladies. Is the entire <laughs> band bare naked ladies. Nice. Yeah, wow. it was awesome. <laughs> That's uh, great. And I told them I own all of your albums and three copies posters of, and of uh, Stunt. Is that, is that a Bare Naked Ladies album? I think. <laughs> Standing out at the register is, is Robert... Pollard. Wow. B-1000 fucking Pollard. Wow. And Eric is, is behind the counter, behind the glass actually right. now. And he gives me this look as I come in, like this <laughs> nod. And I'm, I'm like, 
Yeah, I, I know what I know what what you're doing here. So I stand in the doorway, okay? Like, and I I don't want to be this guy. Is Bert with you at this point? No, Bert had beaten me there. Okay. Like yeah. I had gotten turned oh. around. Uh, we had left okay. uh, some of the carts up on Mississippi, and I had taken a dumb turn. And so I, yeah, he was already there, like diving into whatever right. bin of stuff he was he was looking through. So he's he's deep in the shop. Right. He he passes Pollard and doesn't even fucking know. And, and Pollard was wearing a mask, by the sure, way. Sure, sure. Which, you know, somebody might say, how do you know it was him? Because you fucking know yeah, it's Bob tell. Pollard. Yeah. You can tell, and he's there talking to, to, to Eric, yeah, right, and like, right. I've heard this voice a yeah, whole right. lot. I've been listening to this guy for you know, like 25 right. years. I know the damn voice. Right. So I'm like standing there in the doorway, and it's like, do I, do I not? And I waited out, you know, he's, he's finished checking out and he turns and he goes to walk out the door past me. And I just, I gave this like raised eyebrow look and I'm like, Bob? He's like, yeah. <laughs> so he stops and, and mm. we get to talking. I was like, I, I just said, I'm a huge fan. I, I, I don't know. I probably just made an absolute fucking fool of myself, <laughs> but I was like, huge fan. Just, just, I just spent the last month like doing in a full catalog oh, crawl of your... Hold off for a second, but <laughs> a- anyway, so, um, I, I don't even remember exactly what I said, but we shook hands, which I could actually say the only person whose hand I have shaken. <laughs> in the last two years since the whole COVID thing is, is Robert Pollard, which is, everybody's fist yeah. bump Robert you yeah. get it you get a handshake Robert Limsco 90 <laughs> Pollard has shaken my hand but anyway so so I, I he just said uh, this is a, he said this is the best shop it's the best record shop because apparently this is what had brought it up uh, when I talked to Eric before is that you know apparently in some interview somewhere Bob Pollard named Crossroads is one of his 10 favorite music nice. stores or whatever nice but, but he says this is the best shop. I was like, yeah, it's, it's pretty damn good. And he's like, no, it's the best. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to argue with with this guy at all. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, I didn't have the heart to tell him, well, you know, actually Actually, strange currencies music. We did a a thing last year where we rated every shop in Portland and crossroads. Great as it is, came in at number four. Right. Right. Uh, I I should have told him to go to Mississippi records actually, but, but anyway, so um, <laughs> he says, are you coming to the show tonight? And I'm like, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> oh. So it, it, at which point I was like, all right, now I have to go to the show. So anyway, I go, you know, this whole thing lasts 30 seconds, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I go back and I tell, I tell Bert, it's like, just fucking met Bob Pollard. He's like, that's who that was? <laughs> because I can't even see me talking to him or whatever. Um, anyway, so th- then I call, like, I'm, I'm standing there, like, you know, excited. Right, right, I call right, Remy, right. friend of the show, right. you know, and like, Remy, I just, I just, like, met Bob Pollard in, in Crossroads. And Remy's like, show about your catalog, Crawley. <laughs> no. Anyway, so then I send a text to, to the two of you guys, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. Uh, and, and within five minutes, Glenn's at fucking Crossroads. <laughs> I was, You're just trying to meet Bob Pollard. And, I was driving by anyway. <laughs> but he was gone. He was gone. He was gone. I missed him. But, Glenn, you are, very importantly, you have to I validate. I confirmed. I validated that there is truth to this story. Um, <laughs> there is truth. It's yeah, actually it is true. legit. It is true. It, it's legit. It happened. So he anyway. was gone by the time you got there. He yes, was gone, he was. But, but right. Eric, Eric confirmed, confirmed to... Yeah, we uh, talked about, you know... Okay. Well, good because Matt is a notorious liar. Notorious so. liar. Notorious liar. <laughs> if you no, hadn't vouched for this, I would not I have vouched. believed it. I vouched. <laughs> so anyway, at that point, I'm I'm all in. I'm going to go to the show. 
And, and Glenn and I, we hatched a little bit of a plan, like he was going to call and, and find uh, out the logistics and everything. Understandably, yeah, you know, a lot of stuff going on. Too much going on. A lot of stuff. And and so I was kind of sitting around for quite a while, waiting to hear back. I, I told my wife, you know, I'm going to go to the show tonight uh, and, and everything. But 30 minutes turned into an hour, an hour turned into two hours, two hours turned into three hours. I hadn't yet heard back from Glenn. And my again, I'll just have, no, I am, there's bad. no blame here. Okay. No blame at all. No, <laughs> trust me, Glenn, I am I'm quick to throw you under the bus. <laughs> I, I'm if, only because he knows, like, and, and, and honestly, I enjoy excuse. it usually. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I, yeah, but you people all out there have to understand, Glenn has a good excuse here, which is why I'm not throwing him under the bus. Fair. But... Fair. You know, that, that hour or whatever that I was thinking turns into about three hours. And at yeah. that point, just sort of like, so I, 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 you know. Checked out. Checked out. I was kicking back on the couch, mm. watching a hockey game. <laughs> and I'm just like kind of knocked out. And again, last day of spring break. And We're so, old. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm thinking, all right. They, they're playing Revolution up. Hall. Well, they're playing Revolution Hall, which does have seats. But if the person in front of you is standing, then you got to yeah. stand. and. GBV plays three-hour shows. Sit down There's like 55 songs on the set list and everything, yeah. and I'm All like, right. oh my god, I want to go, and like, I wanted to get a, a you know shirt from the current tour, and you know I just wanted to do it, but I didn't, and so I lied. I Bob. lied. You lied to Bob. To Bob. He's probably listening what right now. Here? Well, of course he is. Yeah. So Bob, I just want to apologize. <laughs> One, I am. I am didn't a huge Bob, fan. Didn't Bob also play like your band song in the pre-show? He last didn't. Time? He didn't. No, no. It <laughs> no. was just it came up it in the yeah. Come up. Which you also can corroborate that, that story well. too. Yeah. But um, <laughs> over the 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 loudspeakers last time, last I think time it was yeah, it was the last time I saw yeah. GBV. So like oh, 2017 or so, so right. somewhere in there. In between bands, after the the opener and Got It by Voices, mm-hmm. over the the you know loudspeakers. One of my songs actually played from which uh, from Big Up by Midnight or no, uh, Turf Hills of Basketball. Okay, how um, did it get in the mix? It was on. Yeah, it was like Pan- was it Pandora? I don't think it was Pandora. No, I don't think we're on Pandora. It was huh. on Napster, right? I think Napster got re uh, okay. like reconfigured huh. to be like a Pandora sort of thing. Some and so, algorithm. Yeah. Well, I went and talked to the sound fine. guy and said. Like this is my Who song. This like, playlist? Did, yeah. did you put this playlist? And he's like, No, I, I put uh, Exploding Hearts. Mm. We're a Portland band yeah. uh, in the early 2000s. Somehow, some way, yeah, like that. Algorithm. Yeah, yeah. Is that the show I was at? Was that at Revolution Hall? Also, no, that was oh, okay. uh, that was Crystal. Oh, okay, um, mm. Crystal Ballroom, which you refused to go to. Like, yeah, we almost felt like most floor. decent people refused yeah. to go to Crystal Ballroom yeah. because it's dead to me. <laughs> I mean, there there are some bands that I'm going to go there, yeah. even though I don't like Crystal, but still. Mm. Um, but anyway, so I, yeah, Sorry, I lied. Mom. Sorry, Sorry mom. I, and, and I, but I, I am truthful about other stuff. I am a big yeah. fan and, and yes, I did do a catalog crawl. So if, if you haven't uh-huh. read that yet, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, surely but, he's on scouring, uh, strange currencies. I'm pretty yeah, sure he's heard all of his catalog. Sure. <laughs> yeah, but, but he doesn't know which albums are the best. <laughs> um, True. You know? 
Because I, I really went out on a limb and said the B thousand and Alien Lanes wow. are the two best guy to wow, my voices what a, albums. But sticking your neck out there. Yeah, I know. He probably know. thinks the most recent one is, is the best. The best. Probably well, every time a new the, the one new comes one is out. pretty good. I haven't listened to it a lot yet, but I mean the new one. By the time this podcast say, drops yeah. on Friday, there will be three new Guided by Voices albums. And, and all the like newest it. one is always the best one. I would imagine. I think a lot of him. artists sort of do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I did. This I one's have really enjoyed shitty. The I'm sorry. <laughs> but actually, their their last few have been on a on a pretty nice uptick. I've I've hmm. really enjoyed. It. I mean, God, they're so so prolific. But yeah. Um, yeah, just as you start to like kind of figure one out, and there's another one on the way, but. But anyway, Bob, I, I'm sorry. This has really been weighing heavy on me for the last few days, and I just want to apologize. I'm glad we could we yeah. could air that out. So then now you can sleep. Yeah. All right. That's All good. right. Are we, is this a guided by voices podcast? It, it could be. Okay. Yeah. Next time. Next time. Next All time. Right. We're actually talking about another one of our favorite bands yeah. here today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, although, uh, not exactly the celebrated, the most celebrated era. Of our favorite band. We're doing a... Well, Glenn, you explain. I've been talking a whole lot It is here. Okay, first... so so here's the thing. I, I don't know why we're doing... Uh, why do we have to be so disparaging? But for whatever reason, we like to... Oh, like... Hold on, hold on. We're, we're 17 and a half minutes in. Let's take a quick break and okay, we'll come back and explain what we're doing. Sorry. All right, yeah. Back on the Strange Currencies podcast. I love that royalty-free music. That, mm. uh, I don't care for it. <laughs> I, I have not yet picked what the music is, but I'm going to make sure that it's something that you were playing on. Oh, then I definitely don't care yeah, for it. Right. <laughs> okay, uh, Glenn, you were right. uh, you were explaining the uh, premise so, behind our new episode. Here. So here's the thing. It, it, it's inevitable. I don't think by, by necessarily by comparison all the time, but inevitably when you look at an artist's catalog, there tends to be a runt of the litter. There tends to be, you know, which one is not like the others. And so, you know, we we started, you know, throwing out some ideas. We talked about some, you know, WTF albums that are just like, clearly, what were they thinking? And Yeah, you know, well, that was a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. We discovered that we all like Self-Portrait by mm-hmm. Bob Dylan, which right. I already known, but uh, you guys discovered... That we had to listen is, to a fucking Weezer album. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we probably could have picked a couple of Weezer albums oh, yeah. in there. But um, but we have to admit that there is another um, artist who lends themselves to this run to the litter. And as we started kind of figuring out... Our all connected. <laughs> you all right there, Matt? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm all right. All right. Well, wow. Power on. We are now connected. My Bluetooth is working, apparently, or Matt's is. I don't know. Um, are you playing, like, Nintendo Switch over there? I am. Okay. Right. <laughs> Sorry. It's addictive. You were boring me. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Once again. No, I was setting this up so we can play some of the music at some point. Okay, okay. We, we, which we might When you to. finally get to the fucking well, point the that point, you're trying to make of it. The point is, we established some parameters that if an album, if an artist has albums that we really, really like, but somewhere... Uh, there is an uh, an album that comparatively is like sub three on the rate your music scale. 
uh, then there's like a what? What's what's the problem here? How yeah. is this artist producing something that is sub three on the fi- on the rate your music five point scale? And last time we did three different artists. We three did three different artists, but this so time of each of their litters, we're taking mm-hmm. a look at the Pixies, who have a string of glorious masterpieces. I'm just gonna say, well, yeah, well, really going out on a limb there, uh... but. <laughs> We cannot we cannot ignore that there are a handful of albums on Rate Your Music that have a sub three rating. Well, no, I mean that that's a fact, which is kind and of what we've established here. Coincidentally, um, it's it's the three most recent current albums. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit background before we get into to these three records. So, Pixies um, are fundamental yes. group, I think, for all three of us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. inner inner of circles, right? Um, their initial five album. I mean, I, I in this conversation, I'm considering you know, Come on Pilgrim to be an album. It's a very yeah. very generous EP, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a classic on par with with the others, and it's a flawless catalog, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Go ahead, Tim. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, the runt of that litter is... Bossanova. In my mind, see, uh, oh. I, I go Trump Lamond. Uh, well, and that's why I, that's why I hesitated because I know some yeah. people feel that way about Trump Lamond, and, and I feel that way about. I love Nova. it too. Same, same. All five of them. Are I love Bossa Nova. Yeah. But so so for then me, don't, that's the weak point. Don't give that. Like <laughs> that's a five album run of virtual yeah. perfection. You're missing Very the point. All five tier. of those albums are great. Yes. yes. You're not yeah. going to give any. No one's going to in their right mind is going to get if any of those albums a sub three. Well, it, it, well, then let's. Let's be honest. I mean, Trouble Monde on on uh, Rate Your Music is at a three point five nine. Which fuck that. That yeah. is a goddamn great album. Yeah, and that is my least favorite of those five. That is a an, an amazing run. It really is eighty seven to ninety one. Yeah. It, it's flawless. And uh, so then they go away for a very long time. Actually, which now does not seem like a very long time. Like they were broken up for. 11 years, yeah, I, I guess. Say, like about and now they've been mm-hmm. like reunited for almost 20, which is just crazy weird. to think about. That is weird. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about that interim period. Okay. Um, Reunion before they put out albums? Before they, yeah. they came back, period. Like oh, okay. Pre-reunion. Mm-hmm. I think I'm probably, and this isn't like my arrogance, trust me. We all know. I've got a little bit of that from time to time. But I think I'm probably the only one who can like really... Thoroughly comment on the solo catalog of Frank Black. Oh, right? possibly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah for like, sure. You guys know the first couple. I, I know Teenager of the Same. Year, and yeah. that's like the only one I know. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Mm-hmm. Right. I yeah, yeah, I adore that album. Yeah. Well, almost as much as anything yeah. in the the initial Pixies run. Like it's up there with with Doolittle and Surfer Rosa to me. It, it's just a, a masterful record, and his first solo record is fantastic too. Um, is that just called Frank Black? Yeah, or, and yeah. Like, Los Angeles is on there. Sunburst. Oh, maybe that's the one I'm more familiar with. Oh, okay. I thought well, Los that's, Angeles that's was on one too. Teenager of the Year. No. Oh, okay. No. That's the one I know then. You they used to reacquaint Los Angeles. Angeles, mm. yeah. Yep. Um, so anyway, oh, okay, okay. those first two Frank records are fantastic. And then he does the, the Catholics era stuff, which I love too. Uh, is that Men in Black, that song? No, that's on his third solo, okay. uh, Cult of Ray, which is good. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. But um, so he did six or seven albums with uh, with the Catholics. Great, great stuff. Uh, we did a, a wilderness feature on them for anybody who hasn't heard uh, that stuff. 
check out the Strange Currencies Wilderness feature. Um, and then the Pixies reunited, actually, more or less coinciding with um, the ending of Frank Black and the Catholics. Now, Frank Black didn't stop doing solo stuff at that point, because the Pixies reunited in 04. And the first, like, new, other than, like, a one-off single and mm-hmm. a contribution to a Warren Zevon uh, tribute right. thing, um, the first new Pixies stuff comes out in 2013. So there's this period of almost 10 years, yeah, mm-hmm. where they are reunited, and he's still doing solo stuff in that. Like, during Pixies tours, he was doing, he was doing some solo tours as well. That era of Frank Black stuff, I think, dips a bit. There's the Nashville records, which they're fine. Um, yeah, doesn't he do like a country? Yeah, two. Okay. Uh, and it's really like three albums in a sense, because one's a double. And and from that, you could get one really pretty good album. Um, he did a couple of other things. Actually, I take this back. Uh, in 07, he puts out an album called Bluefinger, which was rumored to be um, like stuff that he had actually written with the Pixies in mind. Hmm. But that didn't actually get recorded um, as Pixie stuff. And and the rumor, of course, is that he was into field hockey players. Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> sorry. The rumor is that um, Kim Deal had kind of maybe indicated, like, I don't know that I want this to be Pixie's record or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this rumor is, is again, just that. And, and based on some kind of flimsy evidence, like, Frank Black's wife um, does a lot of backing vocals on that album. And so it was like, well, maybe she's playing the part that Kim was supposed to play on those songs. Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, really kind of punky. And it's a definite, you know, turn away from the Nashville stuff. And it's a really good album, like a really good record. Um, So his solo career continues during this, this first long stretch of the reunion. When does he become Black Francis? Well, it was actually on that album, Bluefinger, that he started referring to himself again as Black Francis in his solo career, which is another one of the reasons why there's these sort of rumors why that was maybe this Pixies album or that he had Mm. intended it to be. Because he starts referring... It's not Frank Black. It's now Black Francis. Black Francis. And I still more or less refer to him as Frank Black. Sure. Um, Charles Michael Kittredge Thompson IV. Yes. (laughs) But uh, when I met him... Not, not not to again pull rank here, but when I met him, I actually referred to him as Charles because I had heard in interviews, like when I first got into like, the internet, Chuck. like 90% of my early like forays into the internet were on like frankblack.net. I, I was like a Frank Black super fan at this point. Wow, okay. I, I, I learned that he, he likes to be referred to on a personal Charles. level as Charles, so. Oh, hey Charles. Hey but Charles, anyway, there it is. So um, if you see him in Crossroads, you're gonna yeah, say, when I when hey I Charles. he Charlie boy, he's local. Huh? He's local. Really? Yeah. Is At least he, he was for a while. Yeah, and and Radio Music anymore. still says that he lives in Portland. Hmm. I had heard Eugene for a while, and but yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I know definitely for, for at some point. I'm not sure though anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not. I can't definitively. Uh, yeah. Confirm that. Uh, well, Charles, if you're listening and you want to come, yeah, you know. friend of the podcast. Yeah, hey, if you want to be a guest, <laughs> yeah. I think we can probably. We, might we can probably, yeah. yeah. I, I think he might be on the East Coast again. I remember when the like near the start of the pandemic when everyone was doing the 7 p.m. go out and cheer for your medical workers thing. Mm-hmm. He was doing these lives on I think Twitter actually, or maybe like Periscope, whatever it was at the time, and he would be in his backyard and just like pound on these pots and pans with like one of his kids or something. Mm. And I want to say it was like a different time zone, but I'm okay. not sure, like like East Coast time. Interesting. 
but I could be wrong. I don't know. So, so we moved from Frank Black to Black Francis, which mm-hmm. is maybe hinting at Pixie reunion. Well, yeah, yeah. The the rumblings, you know, started to grow. I right. think around 2011, 2012, that maybe Pixies were in fact working on new material, and so you know, lo and behold, they were. And so that's really kind of what we're focusing in on today. And I wanted to at least do that whole preface because as we're talking about these albums, I kind of want to to refer back to the Frank Black solo work just because I sure. think there are some yeah. important parallels and connections and things to draw. So that's kind of why I riffed on that uh, that mm-hmm. little mini history for a while. But, but wait a second, we had a we had a Pixies reunion, but no Kim Deal. Well, so Kim was part of the reunion yeah. for nearly a decade, but. The reunion did not produce new music okay. until 2013, mm-hmm. yeah. okay. which actually coincided with the announcement. I, I, I want to say it was basically a simultaneous announcement of, "Hey, Pixies are releasing their their very first you know new song in forever." But by the way, Kim Deal has left the band. Yeah, and and those rumors were not just rumors. It, there was nothing really ambiguous about this. Kim Deal had left the band because she did not want to, I believe in her actual word, was debase the Pixies' legacy. <laughs> and mm, and she apparently was not a fan of, of at least some of this new material, or at least not a fan of reopening that, mm-hmm. hey, let's make ourselves not just a touring band, but a yeah, writing band. recording band. Now, since that, um, Frank Black has also said he's not doing any more Frank Black work. Like, his work from now on is... Pixies. Hmm. Huh. Um, so that, yeah, basically like ended the solo career, at least up to this point, as we know. And so now we've got this Pixies reunion, which mm-hmm. has produced three records. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of which are rated sub three on Rate Your Music. Hmm. And we're going to talk about all three of those. Yes. Let's take another quick break. Yes. And we'll come back in and, and talk about the, the, the first. Ru- the, the Runts? Of, of the litter? The runts of the... The runt the of runs, the runts. The runts of the litter? <laughs> of, okay. we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll figure out terminology when we need to. Strange Currencies podcast, it's time to talk about the runts. The runts of the Pixies litter. We've established there's a reunion of sorts. Oh, not of sorts. It's, it's a reunion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's sort of post-reunion. Post-reunion, uh, reunion. It's a new phase of the reunion. It's one, of them, one of them un-reunion. Un-union. Disunion. Disunion. Seceded from the so, union. So this begs the question... What defines the Pixies then? Because right. And I was thinking about this while listening to these albums. Like, right. I mean, because you're going to compare the song, all the songs, to the previous Pixies albums, but like, what makes a Pixies album, what makes a Pixies song, as opposed to like a Frank Black solo song? Or a Black Francis. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's, I don't know, what is that? 
I mean, I think is it a is it a female vocal? Well, no. I mean, like, I, I don't know, like song by song, how much of a contribution Kim Deal made, like as far as songwriting. Obviously, I mean, I think did she write Gigantic? Uh, I believe. Frank actually wrote Gigantic. Okay. See, well, uh, well no, you know, all I need to But she's like a fully functional musician. Like, she did the Breeders. Yeah, like, she's, right. she's, she, she, I assume that she, not, maybe not even just songwriting, but just her influence right. as no, being a part she, of it. She's band. listed the as the songwriter on, on, okay. on Gigantic. I don't know why I had, had thought that, maybe I'm thinking of uh, Into the White. Like, oh, okay. that was one yeah, of yeah. her features that, mm-hmm. that Frank wrote. But. but, like, yeah, I think, I think the Pixies, you know, the Pixies that were, for those first five, well, at least maybe the maybe the first three albums, where I think you know, it was like a, I mean, it was more of a collaboration. Obviously, Frank was like the main dude writing songs, but like mm-hmm. all the personalities and input, it was you know, about that are in a band. Joey and yeah, Kim. Okay, like that dynamic. And without her, and the new bass uh, player Pause is mm-hmm. like she writes some songs too. Right, and she has a similar vocal style. And but like that alone isn't just like that's not like the, the Pixies. Well, let's not talk about her yet. She doesn't show up until the true. second of true, these true. albums. But but yeah. So I mean, what does define the Pixies? I think that's really kind of up to them to decide. Sure. And, and honestly, it's probably just kind of up to Frank Black to decide. Yeah. I mean, it was his project, and, and Kim Deal was an essential essential part of what made that initial run of the Pixies so great. And I in no way want to discount her role she she was critical but he wrote virtually Mm -hmm. all of the songs uh in that initial run um gigantic accepted um and i think silver uh, i want to say kim wrote that but it's it's mostly his direction so that so then why the need to to peel back from black francis to reunite pixies is it just purely name recognition? Well, Pe- sure. I mean, people try- aren't going to buy a Frank. Mm-hmm. Uh, haven't been buying Frank Black right. records, but they'll buy a. Pixies. Well, I'll, I'll give pretty clear evidence of that. I mean, I saw Frank Black several times solo. The last time that I saw him on his own before the Pixies reunion, he played at uh, Burbati's Pan nice. <laughs> in yeah. Portland, and and right next to Dante's. No longer there, right? I know. Dante's is there. Bur- Dante's is there. Bravati's, yeah. I think there's still a bar side on, mm-hmm. on around the corner, but then the part that was a venue is now Voodoo Donut. Okay, that's right. Yeah, and <laughs> I saw I Pixie's mean, cover band there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, maybe a few times the size of of the studio that we're in right now. Oh yeah, it's pretty small. It may be 150 people. I saw Daniel there. Johnston there. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I saw Frank there in his mm-hmm. opening act. Was David Lovering doing a magic oh, show? Oh, that's great! Yeah, which <laughs> was really cool. And, and I got to meet David after. He was uh, super awesome. cool. But anyway, I <laughs> Wait, saw was David playing. No, he didn't play. Well, he just I was going to say, show. I was going to say, it like, was, uh, it was Frank Black and the Catholics. So the, I okay. think Scott was the drummer. The other thing that comes along with the Pixies name is mm-hmm. you know those other two guys. So that's sure. Like well, yes, three but, quarters of the original. So that that's a big mm-hmm. part of it. Yeah. But about a year later, I saw Pixies headlining Coachella. And I was one of maybe 30,000 people in the right. crowd as they right. were playing. Right. So, Burbati's Pan in 2003, uh-huh. 150 people. Coachella, 30,000 people. Right. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not saying, like, cynically that it was just a money thing, but Frank was, like, touring, like, hard. I mean, yeah. Catholics would do 
like 200 shows a year and and he he could do in that he probably made in that one Coachella performance what mm, yeah what the Catholics might have made in an entire year plus of touring Mm. That, that's a motivator. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, that reunion tour was, was, I think, rightfully called a victory lap. I mean, in that decade from when mm-hmm. they broke up to the point at which they reformed, I mean, every fucking new band that came out had, had some sort of lineage. Like, Pixies were a, a huge influence to all of those bands. Right. Yeah. The whole you know, indie rock thing had, had just blown up. And I think that was their opportunity to like kind of capitalize. We are this, you know, legendary group and, and we're going to go out there and play these songs that people love and we're going to mm-hmm. make a fuck ton of money doing it too, which more power to them. Mm-hmm. And they did that for, for almost a decade before Kim Deal leaves and, and they start doing the new music. But yeah, I mean, it's not mm-hmm. just Frank. You know, Joey Santiago's mm-hmm. guitar is, is an essential yeah. element, and he's in fine form, I think, on really all three Definitely. of these records. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. David Lovering, you know, I mean, there are very few drummers in which you hear them, and you're like, oh, I know who that is. Mm-hmm. David Lovering is not one of those drummers. Um, he's you know, he, he's like great, Keith though. Moon he's solid, or, consistent, really good. But yeah, he, he's but a total right, pro. Sure. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's an excellent drummer, yeah. um, by all accounts, a super, super good dude, but... Um, at least I don't know. As far as I know, have you seen Loud Quiet Loud? That documentary. Yeah, they seem to all just have a weird tension between. Yeah, Lovering it was weird. going through some shit. He, yeah, was, he was. Yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I, he I, seemed nice, I but a, just like I think he's yeah, he's been through some stuff. Yeah, he, he has. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, they're they're part of it. Yeah, you know, there's a reason. It's not just Frank, but he was the the like creative driving force. Mm-hmm. Behind so much of I guess my Pixies. my question then on this topic is that how would how would we all feel how would you feel if uh, if it was just Frank and he just started using the name the Pixies with ringers yeah, yeah that would feel disingenuous okay because like <laughs> maintaining three quarters of the band is yeah no I, I agree like I think I don't feel like he would do that but um some some guys too like yeah. I, you know Billy David Bazan who was the front guy for Pedro the Lion. Uh-huh. Uh, he made a comment recently about, cause like he did a bunch of solo stuff and side projects and whatnot. And he finally started just calling himself Pedro the lion again. Right. And he's like, I should have just kept his name the whole time. Like it's my, it's my thing. It just would have been easier to follow and right. more consistent and like, well, sure. Whatever. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, we were just talking about got to buy voices. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Yeah. more people have played in got to buy voices than, uh, I don't know, serve in the house of representatives, <laughs> yeah. I think. So <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah, but I, I think I do feel like the Pixies were definitely more of a, a team, maybe at the start. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I got it by voices was too. Yeah, Toby's, at the start. At yeah, the start, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, well, let's take a look at these albums. Yeah, well, well so we got to start with the first one here. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they announced they're coming back in 2013, and they put out the single. Which was that single? Was that Bag Boy? Okay, bad, bad boy. <laughs> um, well, and they put this whole album out as EPs first, right? They did, yeah. yeah. Three different EPs, and mm-hmm. then they just put it out as an album, which always kind of felt weirdish as well, yeah. too. Like, here's a new album of stuff that we've already put out. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. All right, let, let's talk bad boy for a minute. We have I mean, one of our classic I save like it ba- for the podcast. I like bad boy. What's... I don't... And maybe this is because I haven't followed... The I haven't followed the lineage of like anticipating and waiting, 
you know, much of this has, uh, much of this discovery has been me in this past month going back and listening to well, the Pixies. But like, it's terrible. There's a See, yeah, now, I'm not going to say it's terrible. I think I say it's terrible. <laughs> it it's just seems like. I, to your all right. Cover your teeth. Oh. Yeah, that, that, that part's really kind of dumb. Which they actually toned down on the album version. Like the oh, original really? single had that even yeah. more, like right off the bat. So but, I can see, the, like, the beginning there's the, like that electronic y kind of. Uh, yeah. I got no issue with that, beat. really. But. I do. For, for me, uh, that song is the ratitude of that album. <laughs> <laughs> the, the what the fuck? Actually, moment? no, that's not true. That's not true. Because that would mean it makes all the other songs seem better. What, what that song did to me, because I had never really listened to these albums before. We started talking about mm-hmm. this. Uh, that, it, it cast a pall over the whole album, that mm. particular song. Because like mm. I was kind of trying to listen to it with an open mind, but I kind of felt like, eh, I don't know, it sounds like maybe they're trying too hard. And then that song comes on, and I'm like, okay, this is all bullshit. <laughs> this oh. is just like they don't know what they're doing. Frank is like, he's trying to go for something new, and it's like failing. And it made me sort of think that the whole album was really, really bad. I had to go back and listen to it again and realize, well, it's not as bad as I thought. But that song is what made me think that. It just made me cringe. It was like a painful moment of secondhand embarrassment listening to that song. Now, when it first came out, I, I had a bit of enthusiasm for it. Just because mm-hmm. here's the first new Pixies sure. you know, song in, in forever. But uh, it, it hasn't worn well. And... <laughs> I wouldn't say that it's my least favorite thing on the album, and I don't think it's outright terrible, but it it just I don't know it, it's not great, and, and as a return song, it just I don't know. Who? But but I, see, it, that's so. what I can say. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it, y'all have have anticipated it, viewed it as this is the first thing the Pixies. Well, have no, put I'm out saying I hadn't really listened to it before. I no. just kind of just did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tim's <laughs> taking it as in, like, I've just listened to all 50 or whatever of these songs, and that one stands out as egregious. Yeah. Like, in terms of the whole three-album, yeah. you know, arc, that one stands out as a low point for you. Whereas for me, yes, I, I heard it, you know, the day it came out, and was like, uh, I, I really want to like this, it's okay. And there were little moments where I was like, all right, I kind of like the, the scream there, and all right, the, it's not really Kim Deal, but it kind of sounds like Kim Deal. This and is another Weezer um, parallel. This is That's how I reacted to the um, the Green album. Mm. It's like, yeah. oh, it's not so bad, it's not so bad. Yo, yeah, I like it, want, I like it. Yeah, and then the, up, up for it. And, after a while, it's like, oh, man, this is really disappointing. Yeah. Who is the lady vocal in Bag Boy? Uh, it's actually, I think it's a guy. Well, a guy played the bass. Yeah, um, I think it's... I think it's uh, I'm looking on Rate Your Music. Jeremy Dubs, really, I believe is is. is well, he sounds just like him too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Listed as the um, the backing vocalist on that album, like mm. for the whole album. See, oh uh, well, uh, David Lovering does some backing vocals, but it's clearly not him. But yeah, yeah I, I I'm pretty sure when it came out, it was um, credited to yeah Jeremy Dubs. See, that's the, that's the other thing is like, I wonder how much of the criticism this uh, Indie Cindy album as a whole came because it was reaction against where's Kim Deal and there's mm-hmm. this, you know, a, attempt at uh, replacement, like her. Yeah, sound yeah. alike. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I can appreciate that angst, but like, I, I didn't necessarily bring a lot of that political baggage or whatever. Sure. Um, and I just kind of like took the music for what it was and, you know, compared it with what I knew of the Pixies. And, 
um, wasn't as good as what I've come to appreciate as Pixies, but mm-hmm. I wrote fine <laughs> on a lot of these. Yeah. Like, yeah. fine. I, yeah. Well, as an album. So, you know, I tried to sort of divorce the, the singles sure. element. Yeah, and, yeah. The, the, I'm sorry, the, the EP mm. element. And, and that first EP was just notoriously panned in Pitchfork. Mm. The first EP, uh, which had What Goes Boom, Indie Cindy, um, Another Toe in the Ocean, and Andrew Queen, got a 1 out of 10 <laughs> what? Uh, in Pitchfork. Just just absolutely. Yeah, some of those songs aren't too bad. Uh, and so, yeah, that's the thing. I, I In going back and, and trying to think of this as an album and not going back and listening to those EPs and thinking, mm-hmm. how does this function as an album? So the LP version is actually two discs. It runs at 45 RPM. And the first side, so the first of four yeah. sides of music, is, I think, I actually thought, legit pretty great. good. Uh, what um, those boom, greens and blues? In yeah. Cindy, I, think, I think those are... I like greens all, and blues. All and three of those songs those are, are good. Yeah. Um, what goes boom is, is a little, like, I don't know, a little ham-fisted, but... Like there, yeah. there's actually some real Joey like like that cool um, you know clean element of the song in there which is cool and yeah I think that's a, a legit pretty good song uh, Greens and Blues is a really good song I don't know that it's a really good Pixies song sure sure like, and, and that's my that is the point that I made I was like great yeah. guitars but yeah. I just is this Pixies and I can see people criticizing it because it's not familiar. Tim just mentioned Weezer and it to me it's like sounds like it has that sound of a Weezer song. Oh, okay. But it's sure. good. Like it, it's a legit good mm-hmm. song. It's got mm-hmm. a good chorus. It's it's catchy. Um I like it. Yeah. I, I again, I don't know that it feels like a Pixies song. It doesn't feel like a Frank Black song either, but it's good. And Honestly, I think Indie Cindy's like yeah. a legitimately really good song. I, and I like it when Frank does that like shouty vocal. Like, yeah. That's, it's oh, sure. Like yeah. That. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually want to kind of play a little bit of that one. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, the name is just forget. stupid. Yeah. But the song itself, I mean, all right. Got a little bit of a nice boss, uh, bossa nova era kind of sound here. There's some actual atmosphere, which is something that I think a lot of the later songs in the album really lack. And then it gets into like, you know, some of that weird time signature kind of off stuff that they were known for, which is cool. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, he's got that little snark in his voice. A little bit of like that. It's kind of subaculture-ish, but... And it's got a really, like, nice, pretty chorus. Like, I like it. It's a legit good song, and it feels like a Pixie song to me. Yeah, there's a little, little, a little uh, edginess. He put the cocky cocktail. Yeah, like, so. yeah. yeah. I think it's a legit good song. So, yeah, like, yeah. if you look Contrast at that, that dynamic, first yeah. side of, of, of four, like, Hey, cool! You keep up, you know that uh, that, and you've got a pretty decent album there. And then, and, and, <laughs> and, and then, Bag Boy does kind of throw a little bit of a. All right, hey, here's a curveball, but it's not a good one. It's a curveball uh, that broke wide yeah. and fucking slapped Her you in the face, ain't, I guess. Um, curveball. All right. Yeah. I uh, whatever. Okay. I don't have as strong feelings about Bag Boy as y'all do. Well, here. We've been talking about. So it. Like, I, well I get listen. a little bit of that. I, I don't. I don't dislike the electronic element, but I, 
See, but there's more of that shouty Frank yeah, vocal. I, I, I the, the whole backing vocal thing, real the, the cover your yeah. Okay, yeah, but that that's dumb. I like Joey's work here. Yeah, like that. That's totally you, you know that that's him playing yeah, right, that, right, which right. is. That was like the first time I heard it. I was like, yeah, like here's Frank and here's Joey on a new Pixie song. But yeah. it just kind of derails at a point. And it's way too long, too. It's like a five minute long song. <laughs> um, this isn't terrible. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> what? What? I mean, it, it's fine. See, that, I say fine a lot on all of these Yeah, I mean, I'm it's fine. It, it, the album gets worse than this for me. For yeah, sure. I can see that. Sure. To be honest, all three of these albums have sort of bled together for they, me a they, little bit. They do that a little, yeah. <laughs> and, like, I don't always yeah. remember what the songs are. I feel and, like I like Silver Snail, but I don't remember. And that's and that's part of it. I think I, I that ended up being a lot of my commentary. It's like, it, it was either fine or, like, you know, maybe forgettable. I yeah. mean, there were a couple of moments where I was like, this is dumb. So, Timage and Silver Snail. Yeah, this one's all right. It's got, again, a little bit of atmosphere to it, at least. Okay, so... It just doesn't go particularly far as the song. And that, to me, is, like, the biggest flaw. And I would say maybe it, it comes up more on this album. Frank Black's songwriting was really, really good during his solo career. Um, what, is, I, what is that processing on the vocals there? Like, what is... Like a little reverb. reverb and yeah. delay, and yeah. It, this one has a little bit of a, a Frank Black era, you know, Frank Black and the Catholics era sound, mm-hmm. I guess you could say to it. I wrote down no dynamic on this. Well, and yeah, and I think that's true of a lot of the album. Actually, it's very static mm-hmm. in some ways, and but I, I feel like the songwriting is is sort of disappointing um, for for somebody who followed and really enjoyed um, most almost all of Frank Black's solo career. I don't know. There's, I I have either heard or, or read somewhere about like Frank Black or in Pixies first era of the Pixies, like that he he wrote songs with a Bible in one hand and <laughs> a dictionary in the other, mm-hmm. and then Frank Black and the Catholics or just sort of the Frank Black period era um, was like he instead of a Bible and a dictionary, it was an encyclopedia and a roadmap. Like there's all these like road songs and all these like mm-hmm. weird, obscure references to things and a lot to like decode in there. And I don't know what he's writing with, with this stuff. It, it <laughs> so much of it just seems really kind of surface level. Like, like <laughs> maybe he has a, a, a copy of his old albums in one hand and I don't know. I, I don't know what's in the other one. Like mm-hmm. there's just not that intrigue often enough for me. One of the things that we talked about in the uh, yeah. in the Frank Black and the Catholics chat, the wilderness thing, and George and Jack were involved in that, um, is like one of the, I think the great markers of a Frank Black song is proper nouns. Like he, mm-hmm. he dives into these really crazy stories of Americana, but always with, with great, mm-hmm. um, just, I don't know, melody. Specificity. And, and, but yeah, that specificity is something that works really well for him. But some of these songs just seem very like devoid of, of personality in some ways. And there's one really bad offender, I think on this record for that. And it's not bag boy. <laughs> Is there any other song on here that, that either of you had like a negative reaction? Yes. To? Ring the bell. 
No. That for, one just kind of flies by. Uh, yeah, that one's maybe too pretty. But um, another toy in the uh, another toe in the ocean. Absolutely uh, garbage. Is he singing really? about an elf on the shelf? This, this is song so, is. This is the only wait, wait, song wait, right here. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't say on the show. Yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's an elf on the. He's singing about an elf I, on the shelf. I don't think shelf. he said an elf on the shelf. Yes, but, he did. This is the. the um, this is the only song out of all three of these albums that I actually remembered after the fact because uh, it's bad. Well, because it gets stuck in your head. That just that little chorus part. It's a little I, catchy. I'm not gonna lie. It, it is catchy. Like I actually had it stuck in my head during hockey last night because it was the last thing that was on, and and I had a shitty game by the way. Oh, okay. But. Yeah, well. um, no, this song sucks, and, and I will no, I will say, this is probably my least favorite song that he has ever written. Period. Any down, era of Pixies, any era of Frank Black. Down I, on the shelf, an elf I saw. See, oh. see. <laughs> oh, wow. I knew I didn't mishear that. I was like, yeah. I just I don't know. That, <laughs> I don't mind that song at all, really. It, it I love it. May, maybe it's a little. Maybe it's a little too I soon. I hate Bad Boy, and I love another no, toe no, in the no. ocean. Hold on, maybe it's a little too soon. But that song to me sounds like it could be a Foo Fighters. Oh, ooh, and, and too soon. Just there's nothing there. There's no. Hey, substance. there's a proper noun in it. I see the lights of Edward Thatch. Cool. Who's <laughs> I don't know. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Merry making with the fairies going down to the onion patch. Down on the elf. Uh, okay. shelf I saw. I, it, no, yeah, it's okay. not good. It's my new favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's my it's my low point for all three of these albums easily. And, and this again, and I Maxwell think Silverhammer. <laughs> yeah, it, this is the Maxwell Silverhammer of the Pixies. Are my two favorite songs in life. Uh. <laughs> Beyond no. that, uh, I actually kind of like the next song, which has the lowest rating on Rate Your Music of any of them. Andrew but uh, Andrew Queen, it, again, it's one's got a little bit of a vibe, a little yeah, bit of atmosphere weird, to it. It's a little mellow, but yeah. it's fine. I, I really like yeah. the watery guitar sounds and stuff. And yeah. it's like singing in Esperanto on the bridge. and you know, <laughs> A little bit of that throwback to the uh, Spanish stuff on the first couple Pixies records. And this one definitely sounds like Frank Black songs. Um, but... I like Frank Black. Yeah, so I'm, I'm okay with this one. Again, I I am not. I don't see the sub three rating on this. I my, rated it on Rate Your Music as as exactly a three. Um, which in and of so so here's the thing: context, right? I mean, this is the sixth album now. We're told by this band that put out five perfect albums. So yes, it's gonna face a different kind of scrutiny than mm-hmm. than a lot of other things are, and that's to be expected. And I think that's probably of what you know what Kim Deal's hesitation would have been, understandably, about being a part of it. Three and a half. Um, Three and a half. Yeah, it's it's a little generous, I think, nope. but. I, I think that first side, those first three yeah, songs are excellent. Mm-hmm. Those are those are all three good, especially I would say Greens and Blues and Indie Cindy. Um, I like Andrew Queen. Um, but beyond that, there's not a whole lot that that I really 
care for on here. Uh, Snakes and Silver Snail both have decent sounds to them, but they just don't really go anywhere. I like the uh, vocal and, and on Magdalena. And, the and, well, and Magdalena's got a decent sound too, but just lyrically, those songs are not sure. They're again, not up to par with what Frank is capable of. You just he's said such up a great to par. I know, you but just set up to par. But there's dumb stuff in there too, like <laughs> Magdalena. He's like me and my Maggie Mag Mag or something like that okay. at one point, <laughs> yeah. and, and like. God, the guy is such a great songwriter. I mean, go back and listen to a song like Pan American Highway mm-hmm. um, or or Superbound or, or anything I, from I, those first... I, I mean, he's such a great songwriter. And some of this stuff, I'm, I have a drink, I start to think, like, oh, come on. You're better, yeah, there was you're, a, you're better than that. There was a little eye-rolling on some of these, but I don't know that it was necessarily as profound in Indie Cindy. Uh, for me, anyways. Um, I, I think I made more of those notes, those kind of dumb, um, you know, eye-rolling more on the other albums. Yeah, I, I, I roll my eyes more on this album than any of the others. Yeah, uh, although I think, I I think some of my favorite, like, Greens and Blues and Indie City might be, a, like, two of my three favorite songs of this whole era. Um, but I roll my eyes a lot more on this one than any of the other. Like, Blue Eyed Hexa. I mean, it's like... I like the riff. It's, this, it's like a wannabe UMass. And and it's... I don't know. It, it's not UMass. Um, it, it just doesn't have that imagery, that attitude, that swagger. And it tries to recreate it. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think overall, Look, this album just doesn't leave much of an impression on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All, All right. right. So that's, that's, two, that's the reunion or the first new music Pixies have put out. 2014. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, hey, let's take a break and we'll come back and talk about the second entry. Head carrier. All right. Welcome back to the old-timey radio program where we do sound effects. Um, yeah. Sorry, I couldn't whistle. Apparently. Uh, several episodes back, I think, wasn't I talking about Oh, yeah. How, what a great whistler you are. It, it's drinking an IPA. Another lie. The day. Another lie. Yes. Anyway, this is the Strange Currencies podcast. We're talking about runts. Runts. By the Pixies. Yeah. And the second one... They're all runts. That does sound like Pixie's album, Runts. Oh, runts. We actually did The banana ones are weird tasting. We didn't talk about the rating uh, on rating music. We just said sub three. Uh, uh-huh. Indie Cindy's at a 2.64. It's pretty low. That is um, pretty low. So anyway. What is Head Carrier? So Head Carrier, as you were about to introduce mm-hmm. to us, is a 2.62. It's actually rated a little lower. Hmm, interesting. This is 2016, 2016. Uh, once you get sub three, it's kind of like. Well, I mean, there's different levels of who, sub three. Who, who did I mm. piss off, right? Like, uh, I mean, sub two. Yeah. Gratitude was there. Yeah, <laughs> which is even high for that. But. So, I, I kind of hinted at this, like, 
you know, I, I thought this whole process was going to be very cut and dry because I listened to Indie City, didn't like it. Listened to this one, liked it pretty well, and started to listen to the other one. I didn't quite like that one so well, but then I went back and re-listened to all of them, and like it's all topsy turvy oh, okay. now. So it, it's hard to separate the three. Actually. It is, but like I, I like in oh, City a little easy better for me to separate them. I've separated oh, okay. the third one. I'll give my well, sh- yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's we'll we'll get to that one. But um, like I like Indie Cindy a little bit better than I did initially, and I like this one about the same, maybe a little less. I don't know. I'm confused because I initially listened to this, and this was sort of the ratitude effect where. I thought, okay, well, Indie Cindy can't hurt you anymore. Uh, here's <laughs> this one, and it's actually not bad because I feel like they're trying a little too hard at, at times in Indie Cindy, and then here, it's like, okay, he's just like writing songs now. And this is just you can just listen to this; it's fine. It sounds pretty good, you know. There's no there are no embarrassing moments really. I mean, there's you know I'm sure weak spots, whatever, but um, I never. I never cringed like the opening uh, measures of uh, Bag Boy. Yeah. Made me do. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I like the opening track. Yeah, opening uh, is great. Head Carrier is really a pretty good song, mm-hmm. and it sounds it very Pixies. like the Pixies. Uh, I mean, That's what I wrote. Yeah. We, keep, we keep talking, but let's, mm-hmm. let's put a little bit of, uh, of Head Carrier on here. Yeah. That's total Joe and you right there. Yeah. Yeah. I like Yep. And this is the uh, first one that they recorded with uh, the new bassist, yeah, so okay. Oz, who, who's definitely serving a, hey, I'm here for Kim Deal role, and we'll get to a specific on that <laughs> right, yeah. in a few, but uh, but, she's, you but know, she's integrated well, I think, into the band. I mean, she feels like a member of the yeah. group, and, and clearly they made no attempt to try to make you know either of the other contributors to Indie Cindy be like part of the group, and, and here... yeah. Yeah, is, is part of the group, and she's Doesn't had a she you know some of these songs yeah too? she contributes contributes as a writer she has a, like a career in her own right too she played with Juan and well she played with the Silver Jews at one point apparently yeah, yeah which I didn't, didn't know yep. but yeah yeah this is a good song this one feels Pixies but it also feels very very Frank Black and it's kind of like a little laid back you know yeah. it's kind of like we're just kind of we're settling into this thing it's and a like a little of a slow burn kind of like mm-hmm. finding our feet yeah, no, yeah. This, is, this is a good song I like that mm-hmm. chord change that was in there very Frank Black and the Catholics but it also feels like David and, uh, and Joey are mm-hmm. a part of it yeah and like going back to Indie Cindy like what goes boom I think it's fine but it is kind of like a we're really loud we're yeah. the pixies we're back yeah. and this is just like yeah just like it's a song man mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's a good song. Mm-hmm, I yeah. like it. All right. Um, I want to talk about the second track here a little bit. I don't really remember. No, it's a classic masher. <laughs> it's, this is a classic <laughs> masher track. This is a song that on the, the Frank Black boards uh, for years and years, all of these fans were talking about. Classic masher. It's this great. Apparently, Pixies have been playing it live for a while. And so when I saw that it was on the track, I was like, all right, cool. This is supposed to be a really good song. It's catchy. It's catchy. Yeah, um, sure. It's definitely catchy. It does the sing right here. Which is like totally taken from a, a Frank Black and the Catholic song called If It Takes All Night, which is a great song on Dog in the Sand, which is a great album. So like, there's like, oh, okay. He's like doing some of the same tricks that he did before, but he also knows he's going to have a much bigger audience to do it. But I don't know. This is maybe one of those greens and blues, right? Sure. Like yeah. where it, I think it's a good song. Yeah, it's catchy. I just don't know that it's a good Pixies song. Right sure. There. Yeah, yeah. But and it's that's like, the other thing. Well, that's because 
we've become so accustomed to loud, quiet, loud. That's yeah. the recipe for mm -hmm. a good Pixie song. And there's not as much dynamic, I think, in any sure. of these albums, these three albums. Right. Well, and I think that's maybe the tricky part because if Pixies had stayed around, and even if, like, you know, Kim Deal had left in 1993 or whatever, and that all that Frank Black stuff was part of Pixies, and then you're like, okay, I, there's this evolution. But to go away as a recording group for 20 years and come back, it, it's like, well, where did that evolution happen? Well, like, you get these little glimpses here and there, but you're kind of expecting that comeback to be more like the stuff before. Right? Okay, but get over Rather it. Than, People grow no, up. No, like, exactly. We no. don't have to be these angsty teens. Correct. Like, ah, no. the feelings. Oh, my God. Oh, the feelings. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that they need bit. to do that. But head, like the the previous song, Head Carrier the feels feelings. Head Carrier feels like it is sort of this natural evolution. It feels like mm -hmm. Pixies. It feels like again, like Tim said, they're not trying too hard. It yeah. just feels natural. That's what classic Masher feels too. Yeah, maybe it's really really yeah. poppy yeah. in a way that sure, even some of the other I mean, stuff was. It's a little I mean, more even. It has some of those songs. Maybe yeah. It's, it, might as well be gone has a similar vibe I think as far as just being like a catchy little whatever yeah, my, yeah. hey might as well be gone I the the bass like I felt like Paz nailed that okay yeah just get some good backing but as far as like um, dynamics maybe they're just not within one song yeah it's but a little then bit more straightforward but like they have their songs like Bow's Back and um well, um, so, um, Chakalaga. So that's the other thing. Like, we just like the album over does get Bale's back. Yeah. Which is a Frank. Frank right. could still scream in case you forgot. Right. And then you go from Bale's back of Frank just screaming his head off to Might as Well Be Gone. Right into what Might as Well Be Gone. Which so there's, is just pretty. there's dynamics there. They're just not within, yeah, like I said, within the same piece. Sure. It's just more pretty than edgy. Right. I love that they put a little glockenspiel in it. Which one? This one? No, and Might oh, as okay. Well Be Gone. Oh, keep making me jump back and forth. <laughs> You're jumping back. That's fine. Yeah. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. That's what Pixies fans are used to, is jumping back and forth. It's got to be <laughs> loud, quite loud. And... Well, yeah, but not all the songs did that. I mean, like, yeah. some of them are multifaceted and stuff. Right. But you got a song like Crackety Jones. That's, you know, pretty much one mm -hmm. speed really quickly. Um, here comes I mean, your man. Doesn't get yeah. all screamy. Okay, well, here. Go back, go back to Might As Well Be Gone, because I want to hear the... This one has the. This one was memorable for me. Like, mm -hmm. there were a lot of them that were forgettable. But this one, like, it got, you know, it's a little earwormy. I like that there's some glockenspiel on the chorus. Yeah, I'd it's say this little... is one of the highlights of this album. Yeah. Very, well, very Frank Black. And so when you come right off of Bale's back with him screaming, mm -hmm. then, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of that. Exactly. But you're right, he can still scream, and I do like the he noisy can. noisy right. parts of this these, this album. Right. Yeah, Bow's Back is fine. Um, so what are you complaining about? Why a sub three? That's what I'm saying. I didn't say this one's sub three. Well, I'm just saying it is. It's a runt, but this is what I disagree we with. We don't determine okay. that they're runts because right. of... They are runts because we've identified them as albums by great bands that are sub three, and so thus our job is to evaluate... Are we missing something here? Yes, but the, you're the missing matter something. Of the fact, Carrier should not be a sub three album. I'm not missing this, Glenn. I, what I'm saying is that's why you're talking like I said these are bad albums. I'm not, <laughs> but you just quit on my chorus of 
Might as well be gone. Because I don't want to get sued. Okay. <laughs> By Mike Love, who probably owns the rights to that song for some reason. Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's no real low point. Well, okay, there's one low point on this album. Talent? Oh, I like talent. Talent's fine. I, I like talent. I think the I just remember it's kind of cheesy though, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so, so Una and Talent had me thinking, is this like some sort of... Um, uh, telling the story of Frank Black or Pixies of the band because there's all these band references, right? Like, right. you know, please, I want to be in your band from Una. And then it's like, you don't have any talent or... And then there's even even like te- Tenement Song, there's like talking about your drumsticks and it almost felt like there was a bit of a narrative. It, it does feel like there's a little more mm-hmm. purpose in... Mm-hmm character not behind, songs, right? behind these songs than most of the Indie Cindy ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially just that second half of Indie Cindy, which seems largely kind of just there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I would say this is a, you know, as an album, it, it's better. It doesn't have the cringy moments with one exception. I'm Bella curious Spree? if you guys had the same, it's not Bella Spree. I don't remember really uh, yeah, these really songs well Bella enough. Yeah, I don't remember a whole lot. Um, no, that, that's I not the thing like I think about I, now. I, I, I'm I just going to name all of them. Well, like, yeah, but Bell Spray, I don't remember. Frank and Paz are trading lines on it. It's kind of nice. Here, here's my low point. Oh, where's my mind? <laughs> Come on. Wait, which song is this? What's this it called? is all I think about okay. now. I mean, so first off. Yeah, right. Okay, we see what you're doing right. here. It's Pixie's Familiar. There it is. Sure. This is but also just the whole notion that we're going to... It seems a weird thing first off earlier one of the two i don't remember who said mm. that that pause has a vocal that's kind of similar to kim ish very superficially very, superficially um she's not the same singer but here she is singing a song that to kim deal right. oh right that's right and it just seems weird she uh, co-wrote this song too but the fact that it's also I mean, I don't mind that they wrote a song. Like, apparently, there's this. This is the Olive Branch or whatever, and there has been, you know, said that if Kim Deal ever wants to come back to the Pixies, she can come back to the Pixies, which is you know, weird for pause. I'm sure she's been in the band for like six or seven years now. But don't do it with a song that rips off your own <laughs> like signature song. Like, just I don't know. There's just something very cynical, I guess, about that. And maybe it's me. It is you. It is you. I don't know. <laughs> you're reading too much into it. It's fine. That's my thing. I put fine. <laughs> Openers, Pixie's familiar. <laughs> okay, it's where is my mind, but it's in D instead of in right. E. Sure, okay, okay. but whatever. Cool. Again, who are you trying to please here? Are you trying to please all of these, like, Hard-ass early Pixies fans that want you to play more of that stuff. Okay, here. He freaking played it, and now you're <laughs> complaining that it's a ripoff. Like, no, what do you want? You can't don't please Don't rewrite it. Like, Frank Black mm-hmm. is, is still a very good songwriter, and you see glimpses of this yeah. in this work, um, and you want more, I guess. You want more of that attention to detail that he was known for. You mm-hmm. want that... Um, 
I don't know. And, and again, I don't think any of these albums are outright bad. Okay. Um, okay. I feel I just like want to clarify I, that. No, because... no. And I have identified now my two, and really only two, like total clunkers. Okay. I think I know another toe in the ocean sucks. It's just a dumb song. My favorite song. Tim, you're a terrible person. <laughs> and I just, and, and I think there's something cynical, and maybe it's partially me about. All I think about now. Yeah. Other yeah, than that, exactly. there's nothing in here that I would say is outright bad. Even Bag Boy, which is awkward. Terrible. I wouldn't say that it's uh, bad. I've got it's... a couple coming up then. Um, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm chug- curious because I think we're going to clash about okay, something. Okay, we will. Okay. Keep on I, I seem to remember. It's memorable. I seem to remember memory. liking it. It's like it. frantic. I like it. It's, it's you, you said you do remember liking it? Yeah, yeah. I, I did too, yeah. Like, yeah. And I want to say it was one of the singles, like they came out for the album. Yeah, I think it was. Which is kind of like, all right, in that regard, it's disappointing, but it, it's a it's a rocker. I like it. They released this as a single. I think so. Yeah. This mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that's funny. Okay. Uh, the singles off this. They, there were four singles. This tenement song, classic masher, and Bella Spree. And not hair carrier. Yeah, I mean, Head Carrier doesn't sound like a single, but uh, it, it's maybe the best song on the album. But, but you know, singles aren't necessarily the best. And again, this doesn't really sound like a single either, but. I could see them putting this out to be like, hey, look, this sounds more like the Pixies, doesn't it? it looks yeah, like... right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that kind of stuff when he, yeah, does, totally. when he does this. Totally. And again, it's something that he did a lot uh, in the solo career, too. Mm-hmm. It's really crash down kind of thing. Yeah, this one's cool. Totally. I dig it. I like it. Yeah, the last two, Plaster Paris, All the Saints, I kind of put fine. Yeah, like, nah, honestly, Bella Spree, Plaster yeah. Paris, and All the Saints, I cannot pull those up in my mind. Like, mm. I, yeah, they, they just have not ever mm-hmm. really left. Well, I like Bella Spree just because Frank and Paz kind of mm-hmm. trade off lines in it. That was what was memorable I'll for take me. your word for it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not worth it. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of these songs that I can't pull up in my mind to be, <laughs> of an, all three albums, but that's just because I didn't really listen in super and careful in-depth. And, and, and admittedly, and you, I mean, I've, I've, I got all these when they came out, and, and so mm-hmm. it wasn't new to me. And you didn't because everybody on Rate Your Music told you it sucked. <laughs> I've never it even been three. to that website. Okay, well, <laughs> or, or whoever, Pitchfork or whoever know what it website or is. So, so Pitchfork definitely panned Indie Cindy when that was released as a full album, too. Um, they were a little more complimentary to, uh, to Head Carrier, but... Um, it's still got like a five point something, but and I think overall it is, it is better. It is them more getting more comfortable, I think, and just doing, just putting out an album, you know, it, it feels way more natural yeah. and, and authentic for mm-hmm. whatever that means. Right. Um, it feels like it could be a progression of what the Pixies were before mm-hmm. and it's way more consistent. Again, yeah. I think Indie Cindy has higher highs, but it definitely has lower lows. Right. And uh, just kind of becomes forgettable in its second half. Yeah. Whereas this one, you know, uh, yeah, there's a few songs that again, I can't even remember what they sound like, even though I bought this <laughs> the day it came out. But um, but I think it's a pretty consistent album. I still think it probably tops out at a three. There's part of me that would like to say I could give it a three and a half, but it's a strong three, maybe a weak three and a half. Three and a, week three and a half. I'll give you week three and a half. Is the Week scale three. five? Is yeah. five yeah. perfect? Okay. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. Week I don't like. Half. I don't want to use a number scale in any of these. Yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna say like meh, for Indie Cindy, and this one's like dance a, to it. So okay. This one's meh plus. meh plus. This one's a mm, fine yeah, as opposed to meh. Uh, <laughs> There's a little yeah. bit of an uptick in. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, the mouth stays closed. 
like that. Yeah. All right. Well, good. We've still got one more to talk about. Ooh. And we will be, uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back to do so. on Strange Currencies podcast discussing the runts of the litter in regard to the Pixies catalog. Uh, we've already talked about Indie Cindy from 2014 and Head Carrier from 2016. And now, uh, rounding out our trio, we have Beneath the... Is it Eerie? I think it's Irie. Irie? All right. Um. Uh, from 2019, <laughs> the most recent Pixies album, although uh, word on the Not street on word, is they're yeah. working on another one. All right. Uh, or not not working on done with a new one. Uh, so okay, let me say this: when the new one comes out, I will get it. I will listen to it. I, I I'm not saying that I don't like beneath the Irie or whatever. I'm just saying of these three, it is my least favorite. Okay, well that goes against first off what what seems to be um, I don't know. Conventional wisdom. This one is a two point eight four on Rate Your Music, which is a, a tick higher. This one it's was still, it's this still one got a, a pretty decent review in Pitchfork, and I'm gonna come right out and say it. I think this is the best of the three. Ooh, okay. Now, not by a huge margin, sure, but I've got my reasons why I think this is the best of the three. I think it might be the best of the three. It seems like the most cohesive. Okay, so I'll give you cohesive. Mm-hmm. And I, when I when I went and looked, one of the first things I saw about it was somebody labeled it as gothic rock. It is a little bit. It's dark. And I listened to first the first track, and I was like, okay, yeah, this is gothic rock. Okay. We'll put a little I bit feel like track. it is lacking in the that sounds about in right. the dynamism as far as his vocal. Sure. It's and, very much him. His, he's very like, his vocal is very like forward, and he's kind of like talking at you and, and telling yeah, stories yeah. and stuff, as opposed to singing or, or screaming ever. You know? Sure. So there's... That you could call that a shortcoming. Yeah, sounds fine. I, that's what I put it. Yeah, this is kind of Depeche Mode. This opener. I think there are elements of Depeche Mode in in several of these, just because uh-huh. I think that whole goth rock yeah. feel. I like that guitar. I do too. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, really yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. cool. Um, there's a nice propulsive feel mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. in good form here. Um, yeah, Joey's work is great here. Okay, Joey's work is solid throughout. For, for all most, even on Indie Cindy, yeah, even on some of those of weaker them. songs. Yeah. I don't think there's any poor Joey work on any of this. No. He's a very expressive guitarist. Mm-hmm. He had done a lot of soundtrack uh, soundtrack work oh, in the time right. away from, uh, mm-hmm. from Pixies, and I think just kind of really deepened that ability to conjure different moods and atmospheres. And yeah, I think it shows on all three of these albums. Yeah, if there's any member of the band that I've been disappointed in in the comeback, it, it's Frank, who yeah. I love. Yeah. Um, but I, I, it's so much of it just because I know what he's capable of as, mm-hmm. as a songwriter, and I've followed the solo career so closely and, and loved a great deal of it. And 
when he's firing on all cylinders here, he's he's doing some really cool stuff, but I just want a little more. But this is a good song. I like this mm -hmm. song. And it does establish a really kind of, um, I don't know, distinctive atmosphere, I think, for this record. Yeah. Yeah, it sets the tone so. for, the, for the album. I can I can feel that. Especially when you go into the next track. Yeah. On Graveyard Hill. This is a really good song, too. I mean, unless I'm wrong. Right? This... I, like, I like the bass tone straight away. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Classic. I like that there's bits of like loud, soft, loud in this. Yeah. I think this is one of his best familiar. vocal performances on, on all of these records. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, he, he I like that this guitar line right bit. here. It's like mm -hmm. evocative of the earlier stuff without like straight up ripping it yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. Like mm -hmm. this is how you do it. It's not, let's play where is my mind, yeah. but you know, a it step lower. Key, right? It's, yeah, it's like... It seems like a natural progression. Yeah. This this is a what could have been a Pixies album after Trump Lamont. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, this is, this is a good song. It was the first single, I believe, as well, too. Um, so See, at this point, I'm like, okay, is this just an, a Halloween album? <laughs> oh, I, have you ever... It's uh, good. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. They, they started to really feel like a, a, a just a solid band again here. Like, I think Paz's contributions here are really strong. And let's uh, also remind ourselves and our viewers uh, or listeners, we saw them, what was it, 2017 or 18? Something like that. That was a fucking kick-ass show. show. It was that was incredible. a great show. Definitely one of the best. Just as far as, like, ability and performance, like... Yeah, maybe the best concert I've ever been to. Wow. Just like one song after another, no breaks, no yeah. talking, perfect reproduction of all these mm -hmm. songs. That and I love. the new stuff integrated pretty it well to, into yeah. the old stuff, mm -hmm. uh, too. And I don't know that they were playing anything yet from this album. Uh, I still, I mean, they would have been, you know, still probably the head carrier tour, but that was a great, great show. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and I've seen Pixies probably five or six times now, including even once before the breakup. Nice. Yeah, that's another one of those stories that nobody believes. But I saw them <laughs> open for U2, the very first concert I ever went to. Oh, nice. Um, that was the best Pixie show I've ever been to. It wasn't the one that like had the biggest emotional impact. I mean, I've sure. seen them in Coachella, which was just just my favorite band, maybe mm -hmm. uh, playing in front of me, you know, for the first time in a sea of people. But that, yeah, that Roseland show was kick ass. Mm -hmm. uh, and I feel like that shows on this album. They just feel like a tight dynamic band that is working together as a really cohesive unit totally they were i mean that was the thing that just the professionalism and like the tightness of them <laughs> the thing is mm -hmm. i actually saw them about i don't know six or so months before this album came out <laughs> i shouldn't even admit this i saw them at moda center mm -hmm. which fuck moda center oh yeah. opening for weezer weezer i Ooh. saw that and oh and, yeah and they just kind of didn't even seem like they wanted to be there <laughs> uh so i actually had yeah. pretty low hopes for this album especially after such a great show yeah. that we'd seen like a year before um but not this is a good album like i think uh, this is a legit okay. well, good album i just want to say something about the halloween album <laughs> okay because there's more to come what I, what I want to say is that this is what a Halloween album sounds like. This is Bobby Boris Pickett, the guy behind Monster Mash. I was going to say, that sounded a little Monster Mashy. Every song in this album sounds Monster Mashy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it feels kind of hokey to me. This? No. No. But, 
that's what I'm saying. Okay, that song's called Transylvania three. Twist, by the way. Wh- which one? Catfish Kate, play three. That, which I, is the second single. This song is dumb. I, I think it's, you know, lyrical narrative is a little goofy, but it has a it has a good chorus. Um, if we're going to accept, uh, like, Blues and Greens and Classic Masher is, you know... Pretty good songs, maybe not exactly Pixie songs. I won't hold this one's chorus, like super bright, cheery chorus, against it. I think it's a pretty good song. Just the vo- like the, the lyrics the are kind of the lyrics. It just feels like a. It feels like something I would have written in high school, like a poem <laughs> I would have written in high school. Like no, lyrics. Okay. How how was uh, Frank's vocal? During that concert when they opened for Weezer, was he? How was he singing? They just all seemed, okay. and especially him, just seemed kind of very much going through the motions. Because this, I mean, his vocal style on this album makes me wonder if he's got like a throat thing happening. Yeah, I don't know. Because hmm. he's kind of ra- not raspy, but just he's singing in that lower register. Yeah, not really straining his voice too much. He, he just kind of does that a lot. I yeah, mean, he, that's that was true. a big, big you know thing in the solo career as well too. He'd do the. Um, Lower register strain. I just feel like it's more consistently present throughout the, this whole record. And maybe that's just part of that whole like mm-hmm. gothic, darker yeah. vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, he's maybe trying to evoke Bauhaus or something. Hey, hey, uh, you said it. Trying. <laughs> that's. I think that's my feel. Like, so this even, is a tryhard album too. Uh, even if you get to track four, this is my fate. Which oh, which sounds like he's trying to be Tom Waits. Well, I, I was just gonna say there are there are some definite there Tom are a Waits vibes. Tom Waits moments here and there, but, Tom Waits this, so, but that's not a new thing for him. I, I like, mean, I like this his song, album this Black Letter Days begins and ends with two different covers of Tom Waits' Black Rider. Okay, um, so he he's definitely got a, a Tom Waits thing, and yeah, this song has a Tom Waits feel. Silver, uh, Silver Bullet has a bit of a Tom Waits I don't feel. See, I don't think I, this. Has a Tom Waits feel at all. Tom Waits wasn't gonna have this sort of bouncy, bouncy baseline thing. I I think even Joey's guitar has a little bit of that Mark Ribot. I think. um, Well, yeah. I think Joey's guitar sounds Tom Waitsy, but oh come on, it's it's, it's too. It's too like I don't know how to describe it. It's trying. I I can hear a little and failing is what I'm saying. No, I I don't. I don't dislike this one. I like this one a lot because it's in like six four. I think time signature. You know, it's got that kind of doom doom. And then one is like in a weird yeah, spot. Like, I am a rain dog too. <laughs> I don't know. It's got a little bit. Of, come on. You say it's not that Tom Waitsy, but. It, it, it's too, I don't know how to put it into words, but just the kind of like driving springy kind of like baseline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a little jaunty, but I don't know. I like these little things that. Yeah, yeah. That Dave does there. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I like this song. Yeah. All right, all right I'll give you that. I'm just, I just think you're being an asshole. Feels, it still feels like it's trying to be Halloween. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I, I guess maybe, I maybe, but I, I like, I like it. It, I it has an it. atmosphere, and it breaks that atmosphere a little bit. Like, I don't really like the next song at all. Yeah, that one's Ready totally for forgettable. It's, it's pretty, totally pretty forgettable. Weak. Silver Bullet, though, kind of brings things back in again, uh, pretty wrote, well. Again, kind of Tom Waitsy. I wrote trying again, trying to be creepy. It feels like he was like, okay, we're making a Halloween album. Let me pick some chords that sound kind of creepy. This is Silver Bullet? Yeah. I don't remember this one. I mean, I really like the loud part. It gets loud here, which is pretty great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. I actually remember a lot more from this album than than from the other one. Okay, maybe I'll give you that. But (laughs) There's more dynamic, I think, on this album than either of the other two. 
It just still feels, this feels a little melodramatic to me, this song. I mean, they've always had a melodrama about, I mean, Caribou, their very first song mm -hmm. on their very first album is totally like, I don't know, melodramatic. Yeah, I'm okay with it. See it. This is again very, very Frank Black and the Catholic sounding. Like he, that's my biggest issue, which again is kind of why I wanted to open up with that whole thing. There is that it seems like in some ways he's redoing some of the things or that he himself doing, had or done, or he's being himself, which sure. is fine. Like that's yeah. This is. A man condemned to oh, it. On. I just feel like there's more. I mean, you know, you're talking about. See, I like. Yeah, I, I like this part. I do like this. But yeah, I feel yeah, like your fun. dislike of it being a Halloween album is maybe <laughs> what I like because it just feels like it has more of a theme or a purpose. Yeah, sure. It has I more character. It's more focused. Yeah. It has more yeah. character. Yeah. Which I don't know. I see as a, a, a strength, and and I think it it's kind of the same progression as going from Indie Cindy to Head Carrier, where like Head Carrier they're sort of settling into the groove and, and getting comfortable with what they're doing, and now it's like okay they're comfortable. Now let's kind of think about a concept mm -hmm. uh, and getting even more comfortable. I would honestly the thing I would love to hear from the Pixies is just a much more instrumental album. Mm -hmm. um, and and this isn't just because you know I feel like Frank's songwriting has been kind of you know up and down throughout this reunion but i just i think i like those long passages in bossa nova like all over the world where it goes on these long yeah. instrumental runs there it's like i'd love to hear more of that kind of just wind, winding rings. sort of thing because they you know they can create a really great atmosphere and i think there are parts of this album where it almost kind of hints at that but then it's like oh we've got to remember we're doing this three minute you know song and yeah. I, i'd like to hear a little bit more exploration from them musically throw a three minute long you know sure. instrumental interlude in there like end of number 13 baby or whatever like that that would be cool Dan so, okay i don't remember daniel boone but See, it's i like daniel boone i i thought it, i i i thought it's that the longest one on here is why i pointed it out but, i wrote yeah. down that it's not typical pixies or at least not what i would expect from the pixies maybe like it's too pretty but i like it I feel like anytime I criticize maybe Frank Black's um, uh, writing or storytelling as being dumb in some of these, this one felt a little bit more, it felt like it had more heart. It, you know, maybe it's the proper now. Maybe it's, I don't know. Maybe. I, this didn't stand out to me. I don't really remember it at all. Yeah, um, I don't remember a lot about this one, honestly, either. Um, oh. Same with Bird of Prey. I don't feel like I remember that one very well. But I feel like when I when they get in, you know, going, I was like, oh yeah, okay, this one. Like I had a thing I was, uh, you know, um, listening to this yesterday, and Death Horizon came on. I can't even remember that being a title. But then I was like, oh yeah, like I actually I kind of like this song. I like that song a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's a good closing. Um, Saint Nazaire is another one. Like uh, I didn't remember it by name, but when it came on, okay. I was like, yeah, okay, this is it's one of the pause co-written ones. Yeah, that was another Tom Waitsy one for me. Saint Nazaire. Yeah. I wrote down interesting. <laughs> Tom Waits vocals again. A little bit of that uh, rockabilly. Yeah, brand yeah. new Cadillac. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like this one. 
<laughs> yeah. Right? It's it's a little Carney Barker. It's, a little bit. It, it sounds like yeah, another band inviting Tom Waits to come and sing. Yeah, but then, right. like, the fact that he's singing in such tight, like, time. Right, 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 right. When I think Tom Waits, I think of, like, a grum, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I like this part, too. Yeah. That's a little shabby. Let's, let's listen to Death Horizon. I can't remember it unless I'm listening to it. Right. But when I hear it, I'm like, yeah, I yeah, like yeah. this song. See? Oh, this yeah, feels yeah. more like very, happy. very Frank Black. This feels more happy, campy kind of like, like this is total Frank Black solo, like even the Nashville era kind of. But it, it takes a turn, I want to say, in here, like becomes a little more nuanced. Uh... I was like, I forgot. Did they forget this is a Halloween album because it was like they're talking about? <laughs> well, this is the dawn. Well, they're talking about Lord Howe Reef in Daniel Boone, and then they're talking about Waikiki Beach here in Death Horizon. It's like. Okay, Death Horizon, that's kind of Halloween-y, I guess, but uh, this oh, felt too like, happy like to me to fit that. that. I felt like a good... guitar is nice, yeah, and the no, backing vocals I like, vocals I like nice it as there. a closer to the Dark album, uh-huh, you know? Yeah. It's like a little bit okay, of a... Okay, sure. All right, maybe you're selling me a little bit yeah, more. No, this, is the still... best, this is the best of the three albums. Uh, nah, I, I'm, I'm confident in that. This one This one is three and a half. This one will probably grow on me. I can, I can tell after I dive a little bit it just might it, it still feels a little bit trying yeah we don't want him to try <laughs> stop it no I, I like that one um in that album yeah i think that's a legit pretty decent album um yeah I do too. and and i will say like for me they get better the first one is the weakest yeah. the second is better the third is better so Hey, you continue that trajectory, and another thirty years from now, we're gonna <laughs> we'll have Trump Limon Part Two. Uh, no, like if if they keep cranking out albums like like uh, Beneath the Eerie, Eerie, whatever the hell it's called, I don't even care if I can't pronounce well, it. Well, Eerie is E R I, right? Yeah, and this sure. is E Y, so I. Yeah, Irie? sure. But it, it, okay. if they want to keep making records like this, I will happily buy one every few years um, and go see him play live. And yeah, yeah. And eventually they'll write a Monster Mash. I still think, you know, and again, I, I'm a true believer in Frank Black as a songwriter. I think they probably have another great album in them. Okay. I, I, wouldn't, I, I mean, I wouldn't no, be shocked. And that's my point. That's my point is I'm not going to discount it just because I wasn't a huge fan yeah. of Beneath the Irie. Uh, I think there's plenty of good stuff here. Yeah. There's, you know, I have a problem with our run to the litter. Yeah, that, that's something here. I've been really kind of pushing at here is like how do we really do this and we're only this is only our second episode uh of run of the litter and and you know maybe they all take on a somewhat different form like i don't want to i don't want to euthanize any of these three albums because even the worst of them which i think is is for me pretty definitively indie cindy has two of my favorite tracks of this reunion on it no, we um, gotta follow the rules. It gets euthanized. <laughs> it's dead. Just because of another toe in the ocean. Like it's if it's I, if in I the farm. Ju- it's at the I farm right now. If I could just kill another toe in the ocean, Running, I would happily do Running, dancing that. with, with um, Ratitude and... Um, no, no, no. So here's the thing. I think for that reason, we should euthanize Beneath the Irie. No. Because they have a better one in them. This is an attempt at cohesion. You have to adopt one of the three. They have. I, that's what I'm saying. You're going to adopt would, Head Carrier? Uh, I'll, I'll adopt Head Carrier. Okay, so this yeah. is perfect. So you're going to leave Beneath the Irie at the shelter, and I'll come along and yeah, adopt Yeah, I was going to say, I'll, I'll adopt it. Um, 
I don't think we should euthanize Cindy, Cindy though. I don't want to. Them's the rules. Well, I don't want to euthanize any of them. Them's um, the rules. I'll euthanize. See, you aren't you willing to euthanize any of them. I'll euthanize Beneath the Irie. I'll euthanize Indy Cindy if I, if we have to. But the we thing really, is, I'm not getting rid of my record. We really the, went away the thing from is, I, So I got this. I got it on CD when it came out. But I got it on, on vinyl for the purposes of this. And it's really ugly. Like, we didn't really even do. You got to toss we're, it in the we're fireplace. Way too late, we're way too late to do a sound and vision in this because we're yeah. already over an hour and a half in. But the covers on all three of these are pretty shitty. Um, I like uh, head carrier. Kind of looks ah, like the eraser head so, baby. Yeah, a little bit. it kind of does, but it's just <laughs> ugly. But uh, I think um, the, the uh, aesthetic for the third one is actually not too it's bad. Fine. It's very, it's, it's very gothy. Yeah, um, but Indie Cindy is so like yeah. aggressively orange yeah. on, on vinyl, and it just like jumps off of the shelf. Yeah. Like I've got twelve hundred records up there, and there's just this one right in the middle, like orange. <laughs> um, but. Fine, But I'm fine. not getting rid of it. We can get rid of so, Indy Cindy sure, if we I'll have to. I'll euthanize Indy Cindy, <laughs> sure. but I'm going to listen I, to the first side of it <clears throat> relatively often. In the other episode, we were real, you know, a little bit more careful to, to talk about sending it to the farm or, uh, you know. And now we're just like, whatever. <laughs> well, it gets the lethal injection. I mean, <laughs> I'd kill Ratitude twice before <laughs> I got rid of either of these albums. And let, that's not the rules of the game. Let's leave it at that, that Ratitude is We're, we're killing Ratitude twice. <laughs> None of these uh, are off. No, not, none of them are awful. Yeah. Um, okay. Indie Cindy gets by based on a solid first side. Okay. Um, yeah. Other than that, I would be happy euthanizing them. I'm, I'd be okay <laughs> sending that one to the farm and, and hoping, that, hoping that, you know, it found some friends up there. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe what you could do, I haven't looked at it and like how the songs all break down, but maybe if you melt that disc one against disc two, mm-hmm. so you can't play side two anymore at all. Okay. Yeah. And then you'd have to pick you which, have bag boy. You have to pick which uh, other side, which third side is, the is better. The one that doesn't have another toe in the ocean because that song fucking So those sucks. are the two sides that you melt together and then you have yeah. just one album with two signs that are and sort of okay. Accident, really you can't album. accidentally right. listen to Bag Boy or mm-hmm. Another Toe in the Ocean. Okay, that's fair. Which Let's is my that. favorite song. <laughs> ever. Yeah. By, by any, not just for this. Ever by anybody. Yes. yes. Even better than Freebird. Yeah. Which is my other default. Uh, so wait, is it just three songs per side? Yeah. So so it would go from Indie Cindy to Andro Queen. Oh, I like Andro Queen. And then Snakes and Jamie Bravo. Okay. That's a that's a decent EP. Mm. Uh, again, not having another toe in the ocean instantly worth makes it. it much better. Worth it. Okay. All right. Well, hey, uh, cool. We've just made yeah. that album better. Done. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll leave Head Carrier for somebody else to adopt, and we're gonna adopt Beneath the Eerie. Irie. 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 Oh, uh, would you like to know what an Irie is? Yeah. The nest of an eagle or other bird of prey built in a high, inaccessible place. Oh, of course. Bird of prey. Uh. <laughs> No, head Cla- classic Halloween decoration, the bird of prey. <laughs> you hide, hang above your doorway to scare the children. All right. Well, I will begrudgingly take the uh, beneath the eyrie out for a walk every once in a while. <laughs> I'll scoop a little poo if I have. You'll to. dog sit. I'll dog sit if you all are like sided on it. it it's the best of the three. I'm gonna be grumpy about it, and, <laughs> well, but and it also allows us to continue this narrative. Glenn, that the Pixies reunion is getting better and better. Okay. All right. sure. And, and sure. that bodes well for their, theoretically, according to uh, something I just saw yesterday, but I'll bet fourth you, reunion album. If we had adopted Head Carrier, I'll bet you Head Carrier wouldn't have vomited on the rug. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. Every time you're 
I don't know that that bastardized version of uh, yeah. "Where Is My Mind" kind of vomited mm-hmm. on the rug. Right, right. All right, let's take one final break, and we'll come back and wrap this whole thing up. Yeah. All right. Strange Currencies podcast. Uh, great episode. Yeah. The long one. That was a long one. Uh, mm-hmm. Worth every minute. Don't cut anything out. <laughs> no, nothing. Um, yeah. Hey, hey uh, it was speaking of long things. On... <laughs> Hey-o! Hey. That's what. We're we're on cat we're on catalog crawl catalog crawl month. month yeah. Uh, so we're looking at the entirety. I'm a little disappointed that you're you're. Keeping the reins tight on this catalog. Ten um, albums. You gotta have ten, ten albums to qualify. Oh, I, can't do, I can't do BNL. Uh, do they have ten albums? I doubt it. <laughs> Too bad. See, I, I wanted to do three eleven. They don't have enough albums. Yeah, they don't. Three eleven's gotta have ten albums. I'm looking it up right now. We're uh, we're working on some stuff though. Uh, we've got uh, some of our best people on it, and Glenn. Um, oh. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I put in the introduction to. Uh, for this month, like these things take a while. Might be yeah. might be a little quiet for the next yeah, few weeks, but right. hopefully we'll have a have a flood of catalog crawl features coming uh, right. mid month and beyond. Tim, you three eleven has thirteen albums, so I guess so. There you go. I mean, I do say in the introduction to the uh, to the feature that you know catalog crawl is about the artists who reside at the core of our obsession in 311 mm-hmm. I mean Wait. you don't get much more <clears throat> fundamental than that other than maybe bare naked ladies or B&L is their name yes I do want to clarify what I didn't read the guided by voices one you don't read anything. <laughs> I don't read anything except for that interesting article about the plant man that came out recently but um Crawford uh Crawford Monta something or other um but what is the uh, the idea with the album crawl? You listen to the whole thing and you just kind of write about the whole thing, or do you write the album whole by album? Catalog, yeah. Catalog. Do you have to write a little review for every single one? Short review for each one, rank every album, uh, and then pick a track for. I have a whole list. dead blog devoted to that that I never even finished. Okay. So then just bring your talents over here. Yeah. Hey, uh, we've got to wrap this up. Our, our too many. Hey, if this is an again. excuse for me to go to Crossroads and pick up some, you know, fill in some of those gaps in yeah. my collection catalog, then sign me up. All right. That's where I'm, I don't know that I'm heading to Crossroads right now. I think I'm going to go to Millennium. So. All right. Well, hey, um, for the Strange Currencies podcast, I'm Matt. I'm Glenn. And uh, Matt was all by himself. He was. The whole yeah. Time. Mm-hmm. Voices. Yeah. See you, Crawford. What?